think Trip Six has good parking. I, I think White Oak has good parking. White Oak has great parking. Yeah. Did you ever get towed at Walters? Both. Oh no no no! But I did. Um, I don't. I, I think you were still. I, no, I know you're still living in Corpus Christi at this time. But I got. Not no yeah I got towed at Mangos okay over Montrose yeah, yeah there's like, no there's no parking there either. yeah I got I got towed at Mangos but then I also I locked my keys in my car at a spot <laughs> I man I want to say it was called the Rhythm Room and it was on Washington and this was before you know the the Dallas developers putting up spots like concrete mascara okay and what you know what i mean before washington became what it is now yes exactly and so it was just like <laughs> a lot of like taquerias and um yeah hole in the wall spots and so there's there was this venue there and i just got my driver's license just got a car and i went to the show and it was no justice nerve agents oh, wow. uh, burning inside sick at heart like sick lineup right so um after after the first band i think i i like grabbed some merch and i went to go put it in uh or first or second band i went to go put it in my car and i realized like i locked my keys in my car mm. so i just stayed uh out there the rest of the night trying to get mm. into it or my first time at a show oh, okay <laughs> sorry guys locked my keys in my car you ever heard jermaine stewart no oh my god put me on game oh my god Put me on game. I'm just gonna play it right now. Crater just called me. This is all I've been listening to lately. Really? I'm sucking all the juices out of it. Right here. Let it go, you know? Take your shoes off. You feel that? You never heard this song? No. I mean, I, I'm sure it was in some soundtracks like Mannequin or... Mm, um, great movie. Yeah, great movie. Nope. It's from Mannequin? Right? I know this, yeah. So it had to have been in some movie soundtracks, right? Yeah. Oh, this is peak 80s. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, so I, I've just been, um, man, I've just been sucking all the serotonin out of that. Hell yeah. It's one of your crazy story. Two nights ago, we're looking for something to watch on TV, and I put on Son-in-Law. I want to hold it like this. Pete, Polly Shore, Son-in-Law, and Bianca's like, I've never seen it before. What uh, is it? We, we watched that. I showed Chase that a few months ago. What do you think about it? He loved it. I mean, he's he, so we took this summer to introduce him to Polly Shore. <laughs> and so we did son-in-law we did biodome encino man encino man yeah we did encino yeah. man but so so what's the deal with son-in-law she never seen it before and what? i put it on and i'm like holy shit you never seen it yeah she's like no i'm like oh you're in for a fucking treat babe this is gonna <laughs> i was like making dinner i'm like oh this is gonna oh, i'm so excited i was like in the kitchen making his drinks i'm like oh son-in-law and uh she watched it and i she liked it. She's like, oh, I was, I was, I was good. It was like, like Carly Gugino when she was young. Yeah, you know, and like great Polly Shore and uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Saved by the Bells in it. And yes, she was just, in it. And then the kid from the Sandlot, the little chubby kid, him. He plays oh, the little yeah. brother. Uh, yep. But 
Paulie Shore was a, you know, he was a G back then. Yeah, and they and uh, they shared a bedroom, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, so we watched In the Army now. Oh, that's a good one, too. And I feel Man, like that dude. was like later era Pauly Shore. Is that Pauly and Andy Dick? Yes. Yeah. So it was, it was Pauly Shore, Andy Dick, Lori Petty, okay. and David Allen Greer. That's right. That's right. That's random, insane. Random combination. It's a random combination, but that's like that's like an equation for, for greatness right yeah. there. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. David uh, Allen Greer was great in uh, Blank Man. Uh, no, what was it? Uh, Blank Man. Blank Man? Dude. Yeah, Blank Man was really so good. So good. I have a Blank picture of me really and my good. sister when I was a kid growing up, just completely decked out in like a homemade like superhero like belt and cape and goggles and like a helmet because I just watched Blank Man. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Blank Kid, and it was, it was you know, remember that night, my '90s party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good party. That was a fun night. Yeah. You were Garth Brooks. Turbo's calling by the way. Fucking Turbo. Fucking Turbo. You just got back from from I think. Wyoming, no Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I cut his hair right before. He's a he's an influencer now. He has a DJI little thing for his phone. He's like, oh, okay. fancy boy, a fancy. I'm like, ooh, show me how to influence. Fancy boy. <laughs> Shout out to Turbo. So, this is a monumental occasion. Um, Gabe Wells is not able to join us this evening for this episode of No Deep Shit. So I feel like I have a voice. I feel like I feel like I can I can spread my wings and take my bra off. And, and take my bra off and finish thoughts and um <laughs> and, and sit on the couch uninterrupted and eat that you know thing of ice cream you want. <laughs> take my shoes off, you know? <laughs> spread my toes. And um What's doubly cool about that is we have a great, dear old friend of mine, Marcus Champion. Is it Marcus? It's Mark. Okay. Yeah, I should have known that. You should have. It's okay. Of, wow, of Flint Field fame, mm. Ninth Inning mm. fame, Oil Dogs fame. Mm. I mean, just a just an all-around um, cool guy. <sighs> No, he he's honestly been an inspiration to me um, throughout the past seven, eight years. Just watching him really do his his thing and make his make his mark in the world, and uh, um, it's it's been really cool and really fascinating to watch. Yeah, we've been in Houston ten years now, and went to Washington to meet you one day to get a haircut. I think we had moved here in April, 2012, Bianca and I. And I think that summer, that May or June is when I linked up with you. Mm. It's been 10 years. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking flown by dude. Has it? Like, I, Oh yeah. Okay. Cause I don't remember life before like getting here. Yeah. Cause when we got here, life just took off. And like, I feel like we both grew up together, Bianca and I, and then kind of established ourselves here. Me too. Can you throw me in there? And you too. Yeah. It's like the three of us just growing up. I think you were still at Whole Foods when I met you. When I when I when I, re oh, yes, yes, when yes, I reconnected I with you. I was. Because I met I you a very long time ago mm -hmm. in a little rundown venue in Corpus called Equalize. And you had some chops on your head. And <laughs> you were very scary. And I, I look back at old photos and I, I feel like I looked wet all the time. Like I feel like Dude. the photos... Like our scratch and sniff, and I, I can just I can smell <laughs> what do those cargo smell like? <laughs> Are those A six? Ooh, is that a grape scent I get? Mm. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. I Is just... that a sleeveless full blown chaos shirt? <laughs> Ooh. Cut the sleeves off, throw some camo cargos on. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, is, is that venue still around? No, Equalize, um, <laughs> Equalize met its demise on a very special occasion. You, you probably remember this situation. It was probably around 2006 at some point, and the tour was Donnybrook, Black My Heart, Shattered Realm, and another band. But Donnybrook was my biggest, like, oh, I got to see that band on that yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do remember that tour. And that was, um, a fight broke out there at Equalize with the locals, and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure who else was involved, but I think there were some people from some touring bands in it. Um, were the Gutierrez brothers involved? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Arnolfo was, that was one of the two infamous corpus, uh, the other one was like Barry Dead at House of Rock, and that was, that was, oh, yeah. Hey, shout out Chacho's Tacos. Shout out Chacho's Mike, <laughs> Mike Yarnolfo. Shout out to House of Rock. Um, but yeah, Equalize, that was the last show for Equalize, was, was that that gig, shut it down. And then I think that tour went on to Tucson like two two days later, and then some guy got killed with a machete. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so. But well, that tour was sick, though. <laughs> Don't get yeah, twisted, yeah, yeah. dude. So. <laughs> Okay, so so the venue yeah. the venue got shut down just because of just an insane that amount fight of fights. Was, it was yeah that that fight I think at Equalize that night like some stuff happened and cops came and like did a whole like quality check on Equalize and they didn't pass and I think that was that was it for them. Um, uh, yeah, sucks. it was a cool spot. It was against the freeway. We had a great. There was an outside stage. There was an inside stage. Um, saw a lot of cool bands there. Like saw like between the bear to me. Saw Norma Jean. Um, yeah, yeah equal, Equalize was cool. Yeah, to fall came through there a couple times. Um, but no, that was uh, that was my inception into hardcore was that venue and uh, my introduction to like Texas hardcore and, and the bands and like yourself and you know Ten Crowns and, and Grave Robbers and even like Will to Live and uh, Pride. I never saw Pride Kills there, but I did see Pride Kills play Zeros. Which is a really raunchy bar. That was the first night I met uh, Josh Justice. Zeros uh, in, cor in Corpus, Corpus yeah. yeah. It was a... Rest in peace, Josh Justice. Rest in peace, Josh. That was a very raunchy, like, sports dive bar. Um, Pride Kills played there a couple of times with loose chains. And I just remember beers flying by my head, hitting the wall behind me, the beer in the glass, hitting the back of my neck. Fights going out to the street, skinheads getting their asses whooped in the middle of McArdle. Like, it was... <laughs> It was chaos, and then Chromax played there. Like, went back a couple years later, and Chromax when they did the whole reunion tour thing, whatever they played there. And wait, which reunion tour? It was like the the one that came to Walters, like an O. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Or two thousand like thirteen, fourteen. Chromax Jam. Yeah, was, yeah. You know, like Craig and AJ and uh, Mackie and which that's a crazy lineup. Oh, dude. Yeah. People don't understand like how like. Mackie alone played in Bad Brains, Iceman. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Damn, Chromags. He played on. I think he played on Quickness on the Quickness album with Bad Brains. He has such a hip hop style, dude. And he was an original like graffiti writer in New York City. Like, yeah, he was like an OG writer. You know, um, the dude's cool as shit. Um, I feel like I'm missing a couple of bands he played into. H um, Hazen Street. Oh, okay, yeah, Hazen yeah. Street. Um, so. 
I was playing bass in Your Mistake for a little bit, mm. and we played that show at Walter's, which was an insane show. Um, I this was this was still in my drinking days, so I have very little recollection of it. But apparently, there's a fight that broke out with Pony and some some skinheads or something, and myself and some other people jumped off stage, and it became this big like mid set brawl. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny to think about like this came up in a conversation a couple of weeks ago. And it was it was like like what was the most violent show you ever went to, Oof. and for me it was Cro-Mags on the Revenge Tour. Oh shit! Which is like throwing it way back. I was a little kid. Oh shit! It's Cro-Mags on the Revenge Tour, that all was, out war. So that was JJ. No, it was, it was Harley. It was it was uh, it was Harley in Paris. In Paris, yeah, yeah that was yeah. the last the last like incarnation of like that style of Cro-Mags. Yep. Yeah. So it was it was them. All Out War, Shut Down. I don't know who else played. Uh, but so it was, it was Fitz up, right? And at the time, there's big beef between Houston skinheads and Austin skinheads. And, and it all just kind of came to a head at oh, that show. Wow. So there How old were getting, you? Oh, man. I was 14, 15. Jesus. Yeah. And so I, I, I was just in the back watching all this stuff go down. I remember seeing like kids getting thrown from the balcony. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was... Um, that was like something to live through. I, so Agnostic Front came through Corpus. I was fifteen, and um, uh, it was my like my my third show I'd ever gone to. And I was like, oh, Agnostic Front, who's that? And uh, that was my first time ex- like seeing like skinheads get their asses kicked. Like I'd, I'd was, no, I'd, I had no idea like what I was getting into, or at least like what that was. I of course knew what skinheads and like Nazis were, but like yeah. I didn't know the difference. I was a kid. Yeah. And then seeing that firsthand kind of like didn't put me on the game, but it put me, it kind of like opened my eyes to like what it was truly. Yeah. And, um, kind of the same feeling like you're, you're young and impressionable and you see something like that happen. And instead of getting scared away and like, kind of like turned off, you're like, Oh, like this is cool. Like I like I like the controlled, like controlled chaos, controlled chaos in a sense, you know? And then also you kind of figure out there's some like morale and there's some like ethos behind it. Um, but as a kid and you're seeing something like that happen, you're kind of like in shock, like, holy shit, like, am I going to die? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me out of here. You know? Yeah. And, and there's a, there's something, yeah, there's something weird and exciting about that. And, and I think that's why, you know, we get drawn to this subculture. Yeah. One of the reasons I, I remember, um, the first show I went to, it was, Misfits, Marky Ramon and the Intruders, and H2O. And I mean, I was I was 14. My cousin took me, and I and, and it was at the Abyss in Houston. And I remember like standing in the back once again and feeling like everyone around me is on drugs. <laughs> this is weird, and they're all they're all big and and they look like aliens and tattooed like, tattoos and spiky hair and just all like everything. And the place was packed, and this was like. Michael Graves era misfits okay. kind of just getting out there. People are getting Wonky, stoked yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I I came back. I yeah. wanted to go again. It yeah. was like scary, but exciting. Exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. There's also a big like inclusion factor 
Because you make friends and you kind of like click up with people and you're like, oh, it's your first show, it's my first show. You know, and it just kind of becomes like a thing. Like, I had friends that were in like Tripwire. Like, when I oh, first. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I first got in the scene, like, I really. Shout out Tripwire <laughs> X. Tripwire X. That was one. Yeah, yeah. They, they were Trip XWire and they came, took a break and did another band, then came back as X Tripwire X. But um, they were the first band, like, I got really tight with um, and kind of like brought me in as their, like, not roadie, but just like the, their guy, you know, like yeah. their, their help, their, their homie. So I feel like, uh, I don't know, like a, when I do go to shows now, I see young kids there and they're obviously look like they're, you know, 16 years old. Yeah. First time at a show. And you're like, I was that kid once, you know, like, yeah, you just, yeah. And you feel like I talked to Jonah about it recently. I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm the washed out old man. He's like, no, you're not, man. You're not washed. I'm like, yeah. bro, I'm washed. Like well, washed, washed, <laughs> washed is, is very specific. And I, I, um, I know whenever I see washed people and I, I don't know if you and I are there yet, but I, if it comes, I feel like you just got to embrace it. Right. Yeah. I mean, hardcore punk rock, all of this is a youth movement. Right. And so for us to still have whatever level of involvement we want, any vitality to be a part of it. Yeah. 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 I saw a really funny meme the other night. It was about, it was, uh, I remember the picture, but the, the text was like, if I have to, if I have to research parking for where I'm going, I'm not going to go. And I'm yeah, like, that's yeah, yeah. a show. Like, yeah. if I have to figure out what yeah. parking's like, I, and you're, I'm sure you're the same way. Yeah. To get us to leave our home on like a Sunday night takes a lot. Yeah. You know? No, 100%. And <laughs> so, I mean, because you and I still, still go to shows and um, I'm still playing in bands and stuff. But I remember I was going to go see a show that Jonah was booking at House of J never been to house of jay before and it was uh josh's band realms of death and i was like oh yeah i'll just go out for a little bit support and i was driving around it was kind of confusing i finally found the place <laughs> and then i sat in my car for a little bit and i was like mm, yeah i'm gonna go get something to eat <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to do it you know i don't want to i don't want to because you have the freedom you had the freedom at the time and you're yeah. just like you just had the open range to just do whatever. You're like, okay, I have this time to myself. Yeah, do I yeah. really want to go to House of Jay? Like, I'd rather just go get a really good like Taco Bowl or something. You're like, yes, can we just go partake yes. in a good lemonade somewhere? You yes. know, like, <laughs> well, especially like us as dads. Yeah. Um, with with very forgiving and supportive wives, it's uh, very supportive. That time, very loving wives is 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 something that that <laughs> we, we need you. to. Uh, love you we need to uh value right so um but so okay so you were talking about you know the the tripwire guys and and going to hardcore shows back in the day and and i had met you in that sort of era but as i got to know you a little bit better years down the line i found out about like your heavy involvement in the sneaker scene hip-hop shows stuff like that so kind of like if you can give me a timeline of, of sort of what came first or, or like obviously like you and I know we could sit here and, and be like hip hop and hardcore are <laughs> yeah. like they're so intertwined they're very so much so similar um, but but how did it work out for you so uh, it, yeah it was just you know riding BMX in high school just like every other skateboarder did you know you watch these um skate videos from like popular skaters and you find out the music or you listen to tony hawk and the soundtrack was attractive or whatever start writing down the bands that you, yeah. you see so playing and- i discovered like 
Della Funky Homo Sapien. Mm, yeah, yeah. From uh, this BMXer named Edwin Della Rosa. I didn't. I didn't realize until I saw uh, someone doing a bootleg of the shirt that Dell was on the Judgment Night soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know who his cousin is, right? No. Ice Cube. For real? Yeah. It's wild, sick. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I got in, I got into like you know the Bay Area hip hop like early on, like Mac Dre and like Souls of Mischief and a lot of like hieroglyphic stuff. And then slowly but surely, I just started gravitating towards New York City and what that entailed and all the music that came from there. And around the same time, I'm discovering like punk and like hardcore and, and it all well, just kind of like... What were some of the artists that you were getting into from New York? Hip hop wise? Big L, Big L, oh, Big like, L, Yeah, Big like Big L, 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 like like lifestyles and like, you know, all that was, was my thing. And like EPMD, Gangstar was huge. I dove very deep into Gangstar and okay. Guru and Premier, and then I found out Premier was from Texas. And um, oh, he's from Houston. He's right? from oh, he's from Grand Prairie up in Dallas. Oh wow, okay. Um, okay. But he, I think he had a group with Bum B um, years ago called Mass Confusion or Central Confusion. That's yeah. There's that's another story for another day. But he did some stuff with Bum B way back in the day, which is really cool. But. Um, a lot of like Wu-Tang, of course, uh, Ghostface was big, MF Doom, stuff like that was popping off at the time. Like, you know, uh, Ghostface was always my favorite yeah. uh, from Wu-Tang. Man, that, it, like now it's hard for me to say that because I love Ghost. Like, yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong, like Supreme Clientele yeah. is, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. Supreme Clientele is the best Wu-Tang slash Wu-Tang affiliated album there is. Okay. Over oh, wow. over Cuban Links. Over, over over Liquid Swords. Over Thirty Six Chambers. Over Iron Man. Over Iron Man. Uh, Supreme clientele. And I love I love Thirty Six Chambers. And, and and I mean after that it was all just kind of a blur. But like you know what does it for me with uh with the Iron Man album is that one track towards the end with Mary J. Okay. Right. Oh. Um, it's not church. Tell me the time. No. 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 The one Mary J? Shit. Is Mary J Blige on it? Ah. But it's a... Uh, it is the track that, that brings it all together for me. Mm. But yeah, so while I was discovering, you know, hip-hop from New York City back in the day, I also was on to, like... You know, the hardcore stuff because I had, you know, close friends I was hanging out with. All that, all that I got is you. Okay. That's the track. Okay. But anyways, go back, go back and revisit it. Fuck um, me. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was great. You know, while while I was you know getting introduced to like Mob Deep, I was getting introduced to like Breakdown. You know, that which so is a, you that was happening at the same time all, within like my junior year up until I was about twenty twenty one years old. I was just discovering shit and discovering shit and finding like. Like shout out to Soulseek. I don't know if Soulseek's still oh, around. Oh yeah, yeah, LimeWire. But, but dude, like, yeah, I fucked up a lot of computers on like LimeWire. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. One hundred percent. BearShare, LimeWire. Um, there's probably a couple I'm missing, but like once I discovered Soulseek, it was like album by album you're downloading. I'm like, yeah. holy shit, like this is insane. And then at that time, around oh six oh seven, was I feel like peak Texas hardcore. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you had constant struggle. You had like Mind in Chains that was like super hot. Yeah. You had bands like so uh real quick on the Mind in Chains, shout outs Dan Daniel Rosen. So Brian and Brian Jackson and I were living together and we're being the moron bros and, and partying a lot. 
And so we would call Daniel Rosen in the like two, three, four in the morning and leave voicemails of uh, caught in a cycle, gotta break out. Like just over and over and over yeah. again, just a stupid amount. I mean, it was no longer funny, but we just kept it going. It's kind of wild how him and that band did New York better than a lot of New York. Oh, 100%. Dude. 100%. You know? Insane. Well, it's it's the same with... um. With Iron Age and crossover, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so, like a lot of a lot of kids that eventually got into metal bands, thrash bands, all this other stuff. Iron Age was their introduction, yeah. Before all that, yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Um, and like Iron Age, of course, was like big on like Ice Pick from Europe, which is yeah. an insanely good band. Yeah, I feel like they don't get talked about more, you know, enough. Not um, to be confused with the other ice pick. Both <laughs> the the, hey. e, the Isaac Jamie Josta ice pick. <laughs> that uh, that the Josta ice pick cannot fly in 2022. I'll just say that. Oh no 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 no! It couldn't. <laughs> but will I jam it in the gym? Yeah, hundred percent. I'll throw it on. Oh my god! There was a. Oh, and then their cover art was god awful, and it was Jacob Bannon. He did that. I'm almost positive it was wow. Jacob Bannon, and it was like a pixelated bulldog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like black, red, and white, and it was just that the image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those albums where it's like, oh, like I don't need any more of this, but yeah, this is good. No, of course, <laughs> uh, an absurd amount of guest vocals. Like I, one track had Al Bar, Paul Bearer. I think I see on that same track Scott Vogel. Scott Vogel. <laughs> um, dude from Full Blown Chaos. They had a lot of a lot of features. Um, but yeah, the 06, 07, 08 was really fun. You had a lot of like fall core was popping at the yeah. time. Um, you had the way it is fest down the, down Laredo. Uh, a lot, a lot of good bands. Wait, it was were, the way, the way it is was Austin. Was that, was it Austin? Yeah. Like, uh, Third coast was Laredo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ponce just hit me up the other day asking for the flyer for that for 2006 when it was like loose chains, broken grounds, like hold fast played. Yep. I think y'all played. We did because um, um, on my yeah. side covered leeway. That was cool. They covered okay, okay, covered, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the outside. I think. Man, shout out to Carlos. Shout out to Carlos. Man, that like, band was, on my that, side was sick. that band was so good, dude. Yep, that band could definitely do it today. Oh, a hundred percent. They would. They and it would, would be just, relevant. It would be sick. People would man. be into it. Yeah, it, it would be a reunion that wouldn't fall on deaf ears, mm -hmm. and it would still be powerful. Yeah. I mean, Carlos is out there hitting the gym and. Selling snacking on Sundays, I see boy. Yeah, selling eyeglasses. <laughs> um no, that could that could definitely work out. So we had played I don't know if it was like the same run, but my old band Ten Crowns played mm. with Hold Fast at that fest that you're talking about. I remember them pulling up in the camo van and uh <laughs> Rich, yeah, be rich. <laughs> um old drummer of Ten Crowns. Um love that dude. He had just broken edge and in true like old hardcore kid fashion was covered in straight edge tattoos. And Holdfast had that song Broken Bones for You Broken okay. Edge. And dude, looking back, it's so ridiculously cringe, but he was like running up to the stage to uh Nick and and uh he had his hands like in an X formation and then he was breaking it like I broke edge. <laughs> I don't even care. Check me out, bro. Um but all the all the versions of Holdfast were so good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, man, that that band was was, was really fun to see live. Yeah, they definitely had a crowd, dude. They like when they. Do you remember the board? This is for all you 
old heads out there. The Texas Hardcore Board, when it was, before it was a message board, it was an actual website. And oh, they yeah, had, yeah, they yeah. had videos. Were you talking about TXHC.com? Yep. yep. Before it became an actual like message board, it was a website where you, where you could go and watch. like Before YouTube, it was videos that were hosted on this website of shows happening around Texas. And I just remember seeing Holdfast playing probably like San Marcos or like, it might've been some obscure town in like Northwest Texas. And I remember Nick ending the set with like, we're never going to play this fucking town again. We're Holdfast, eat shit and die. And like, that was the set. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, this band is awesome. Like, yeah. And every time they come to Corpus, I always made sure I was there, you know? And they're just, I don't know. Uh, one of those bands that kind of lives in infamy very short-lived but still yet very very um effective yeah we we um kind of like 10 crowns oh shit matt jackson was in hold fast right yeah 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 Yeah, and then they did uh they did coptic times and street cleaner right after that i think coptic times (laughs) fucking awesome it was like a modern day black flag yep yeah so uh i can't stand all the things i see dude yeah so good jackson on vocals uh nick on bass yep and richard on drums yeah yeah, the uh, Coptic Times played the Underground in Corpus. That was the first night I met Hood from Dallas. I think he was roading for them at the time. Shout he was roading for uh, Coptic, Coptic Times. Times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out Hood. Shout out Hood. Seven for Seven sure. Rags. Um, yeah, just a fun time in Texas. Just a really awesome time to be around. Um, but so okay, so yeah, that's oh six, oh seven, oh eight. You're going to these shows. You're you're deep into hip hop mm-hmm. and hardcore. Where does the the uh, promoting hip hop sneaker scene kind of? Yeah, so I linked up with a crew called Public Zoo in uh, December of '06, and I was with them for uh, like another eight years or so, um, and just kind of learned the ins and outs of booking and being around older heads and figuring out like how to go about booking bands and artists and producing events and cutting y'all book some big artists we right? did we did we did we had some fun guys go uh, go down to corpus in san antonio um and kind of just figure it out from there you know hanging around with the older crowd and kind of just shadowing them but also being a student of the game and um that kind of put me in touch with like you know people in different cities and i started to network and cutting my teeth there and figuring out how to go around you know, people I wasn't you know familiar with and introducing myself and kind of putting myself out there and becoming who I am now. And essentially yeah. at this young age, 19, 20 years old, wasn't even old enough to drink yet. And I'm getting into bars, you know, during South by yeah. Rhymesayer show, show, you know, showcase, you know. Um, Damn, Rhymesayers was sick. Rhymesayers was tight back then. Yeah. They're yeah. still cool, but it's... But that was like peak. Yeah, that was know? peak. That was peak. Like ID and abilities. You had... Uh, Def Jux too. Def Jux was so good. Yeah. Um Dude, that's that era that that like years of hip hop like relevant hip hop at the time was was very fun because um, he had Stone's Throw. So yeah, so around that time I saw Cage at Emos in Austin with Sean Martin um, yeah. doing all the music. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and Sean Martin's still playing like he's still relevant. Yeah, yeah, totally. Twitching tongues, uh, yeah. nails, I think. Yeah. Um, no, totally, and, and, and he I, was very engulfed in like that whole crowd, like that yeah. whole Def Jux thing was was like his his, and, and I was a fan of a lot of the stuff that he did with them. Yeah, you know? oh yeah, um, what? Oh yeah, that album "Depart from Me," dude, so yeah. good. When they came, when Twitching Tongues came through Houston years ago, um, 
pretty sure I was drunk and I was in the front and I was just doing throwing up the seas at Sean. Yeah. And he was like, fuck yeah, and give me a dab. And I'm like, man, this guy's <laughs> still down. Um, yeah. That's and like, cool. yeah, it's trying to tap my brain a little bit. But, um, but okay. So, so I was in, you know, I was public zoo. We're doing like, hip hop shows and graffiti exhibits and and this is um, all in Corpus Christi all in Corpus some San Antonio we come to Austin to do South by stuff like uh, South by showcases South by showcases and you're doing um, that at 1920 years old with older heads yeah 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 I was, dope, I was just though. I was just cutting my teeth with that um, I had an older homie in San Antonio uh, Scuba Gooding Jr. went on to work for Red Bull um, I think he just left Red Bull to work for Vans in California but me and another homie were basically looking up to scuba and scuba was putting us on because scuba was with a crew called primates and they were like okay. the big brother of public zoo and corpus so um we go up to san antonio and we party with scuba and everybody and uh met like a lot of like the laws crew which is like a big like graffiti crew in san antonio okay um met a lot of those guys and kind of just learned how to put it on shows yeah essentially like l- learn from the best at that time how to draw 400 500 people to this thing and battle which rap is, battle rap is, was huge back then battle rap I, I don't know if it's still big now but back in like 08 battle rap was like big like king of the dot url grind time texas had something at the time but it wasn't really what it could have been the potential was there you know on that on that tip like i like i i never went to an event but i used to love to watch the uh videos on youtube i just found this out through some rabbit hole I went down that uh, cannabis yeah. was, was big in the battle rap scene. Dude, I'll t- <laughs> that was probably the last big rap battle I, I watched was cannabis and, uh, and disaster. And pre-written, this is all pre-written battle raps. It's not, you know, memorized freestyle and that's not what it is. There's definitely that lane, but I got introduced to battle rap and it's all pre-written, memorized, three rounds, two minute rounds, whatever you want to call it. So it is pre-written. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm sorry, I kind of confused you. So there's a line, there's like a definitely an own entity for like fr- complete freestyling. Yeah. No pre-writtens going up the top. And then there's also a zone for, this is a pre-written memorized battle. And, and, and these are like, where you write for your opponent, you write okay. against your opponent, you come in with these bars that are just killer. Yeah. So cannabis, when he battled disaster, it wasn't that long ago. It's probably 2009 or 10. He showed up with like a legal pad and he was reading off of this pad and everyone just like booed him. Yeah, because like it, the idea is that it's memorized, yeah? Right. <laughs> so like okay. dial it back a little bit. It's like 2009 and I'm like, you know what? We can start doing this in Corpus. I was already hosting shows at this bar called Revolution. I was 20, 21. Um, on the flip side my inspection career was taken off so i was out of town a lot back home a lot out of town a lot i was in memphis for three or four months came home would do shows leave again for work um so when i was home i was trying to do as much things for the culture quote unquote yeah. as i could but now also re- real quick because I'm, I'm trying to keep up with the timeline this is pre-bianca and the kids yeah right? oh yeah. yeah okay cool. yeah um right before i met bianca i would say um so I got in with, the, with a bar in Corpus called Revolution Bar and Grill. And we would do things on Thursday nights and Fridays. Um, and that was more so like local hip-hop. Hip-hop from Austin or San Antonio would come through. I'd book them. Um, local DJ would perform and stuff like that. We would get the door. Bar would keep the bar. Good night for everybody. Yeah. Um, and that kind of led to creating Gulf Force, which was essentially became like the battle rap scene in Corpus. And that 
I think went five or six events deep over the course of three years, I think. And, um, and, and okay. And so Gulf Wars was, was put on by public zoo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I ran okay. that on behalf of public zoo. Um, and that brought a lot of attention to the crew, the scene, the city. We went from a art gallery that held, you know, 80 people to a large venue that held close to 500. And we, I mean, that, that, that's, that's <laughs> an undertaking. That's, that's yeah. something to not, uh, not not put lightly yeah we sold out house of rock the last uh gulf wars we did and it was fun it was very uh a lot of tension a lot of like masculinity went into it but it was more so like like hardcore like control chaos like you go in there ready to rip off your opponent's head but at the end of it you're most likely going to dap them up you know so okay real quick you say most likely (laughs) (laughs) most likely they, they didn't all end like that they didn't all end you know um on good terms you know uh, so, so tell me about some times where it didn't end um on good terms judges picked the, the guy this this guy to win when this guy and his homies thought he won so the judges and the crowd are going against this guy and his homies who think they won it's, yeah it's a lot of weird just strong feelings in the air people are drinking yeah yeah people so it's are getting spe- heated oh dude it was you know <laughs> the crowd wasn't exactly who i deal with now you know the crowd oh, yeah. the crowd was very like you know just dudes who weren't afraid to throw down i guess you yeah could say. yeah um but i figured out how to wait hold on real quick <laughs> you're not seeing fights like this at uh barbecue events no no not at all okay <laughs> all right <laughs> So we went uh, yeah, no, rap battles to barbecues, right? That's crazy. <laughs> Fuck me. Hey, it's going to be in the book. <laughs> it's going to be in the book. But I, I, that's I, why I wanted to talk about this because I, I, you know, I think about like, I don't talk about this anymore. I don't, I don't bring it up. I don't, it's, but I feel like this moment of doing like Gulf Wars and the networking I did cutting my teeth there put me in place where i'm at now and oh 100 people ask me like how do you do what you do i'm like i don't fucking know like this yeah. is just what i've done for the last 13 14 years is this space is this it's thing personal experience is bring people together to a certain thing to enjoy a certain moment that it's going to live on in people's memory you know whether it's yeah. recorded or not but we did go for it and it was great and the only reason i stopped doing it is because i was already in houston i, I said you know what there's no sense in putting all the effort into something in Corpus that I'm not there anymore to really relish in and ninth inning was popping off. So at the same time, when one door closed, another one, another one opened. But while I did Gulf Wars, I also did Laces Out, which was okay. the, the sneaker uh, exhibition we did. Uh, that, that too went from a, you know, 500 person capacity to a 6,000 person room. Oh, God. But so that I mean that's still all hand in hand with 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 hip hop culture. Exactly. So we would do, you know, laces out was um buy sell trade uh display. We would bring vendors in, we would bring artists in to perform, we would bring media in. We got Is it like similar to uh Sneaker Summit? Very similar to Sneaker Summit. Kadoma okay. and and those dudes were doing Sneaker Summit here in Houston. We were the first one to do it in Corpus. Uh kind of replicate the same model but just to the Corpus scene. Um, and we were doing that around 08, 9, 10. I think we went all the way to, again, same thing. When I was living in Houston, I think from 2012 to 2014 was my last branch of those events. And then mm. I kind of just deaded all that um, just because it was too much to, too much weight to bear. Yeah. And ninth inning was, was popping off. And I kind of left that scene 
where it was and focused all my attention on the brand. And um, I felt like my contributions to Corpus were there and I kind of laid the ground for a lot of people to come after me and do what they did. And um, when I was coming up around those years, there was a lot of cool, very creative people in the scene at the time that were doing a lot of fun stuff. In, in like the Corpus scene? The Corpus scene, yeah. yeah. There were some guys with a uh, produce gallery, downtown Corpus, that had a really great vision. They had backing. They had a lot of cool things happening. So like Public Zoo would sometimes piggyback, vice versa. They piggyback off us. We would do just, you know, random Friday nights outside of produce gallery. They sold cool stuff. They sold vinyl records. Um Shout out to DJ Dust, L Dusty. He owns the space now. But at the time, it was like a recording studio downstairs with an art gallery to the right side. I think at one time, there was a fucking skate ramp in there. It was crazy. But it was always something different. I'm not sure what it is now, but I know Dusty's still there. And uh, he's it's still, a whole scene. It's a whole oh, scene. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and it's definitely a different scene now than what it was, you know, 10 plus years ago. But I feel like at that time, it was a very just fruitful moment in Corpus to be a creative to come around people that were into the same thing you were and to be able to go to a space or to a, a show and a place in time to just kind of just engulf yourself with all this culture yeah. in a sense, you know, and then also linking up with like my buddy scuba who would put on like Red Bull stuff. So I was able to go and work with him for a couple of times. And so he, so, okay. So he was in charge of like doing events for Red Bull, like kind of like how they do the break dancing stuff. He, or like if I remember correctly, he was over BC one and, um, other Red Bull events. I want to say last time I, when I ran into him here in Houston, there was a Red Bull event at the warehouse at warehouse live. Um, I think Lee fields performed. Um, oh damn. That was when we did, dude, you know what, what was it? Lee fields and the expressions. expressions yeah, because yeah, yeah. I saw Juan there and we had just done, we had just we had just just done the cutthroat ninth inning jackets, and I wore mine. I think Juan wore his. I think. Shout out uh, Juan Valentine, Yogi Barber one. Yeah, man, that's OG right there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did laces out. I did um, I did golf wars with Public Zoo. I did my thing there. We had a lot of fun. We did random, you know, mixers and, and event nights and stuff like that. Um, and then I kind of just clicked my heels saluted and moved down the road you know and well so somewhere along the way you met bianca yeah yeah right. um 2010 i came home from work i was working in bay city at the time and i was still in corpus always knew who she was we met through a mutual friend um kind of just hit it off and that was fall of 2010 so Moved to Houston in spring of 2012. And at the time, she was my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, do you want to move with me? Yeah. Like, are you cool with that? She's like, eh, yeah, sure, whatever. Is, is that really <laughs> how that conversation went down? She's probably going to say no, but like, <laughs> I remember it being like, yeah. Uh, it was a very nonchalant, like, hey, like, do you want to move with me or like what? She was like, yeah, I'll move. Like, let's go. So we came to Houston and uh, we've been here. We've been here for, for 10 years. And I mean, that, that, yeah. That's... Hands down, the best decision I think of my life and her life was getting out of corpus and coming here. Um, I think I had some creative blinders on at the time. And once we moved here, they kind of just fell off over time. Um, and, and you're still with the same job at this, at this time, at this, this time, I'm still in the same, yeah. in the same industry. Um, still inside of a refinery gate. Well, hold up. Okay. So yeah, so that happens 2012, right? So whenever I, whenever you and I reconnected, um, it was that summer. It was, it was, well, yeah. Well, but ninth inning was already popping off. 
or or had no yeah it was already popping off because i remember like the old um bulldog design yes yeah a lot of the a lot of that stuff from the first run had like a sort of a different feel so ninth inning came about at the end of 2012 um and premiered i think january 8th 2013 we released product okay and within the first year we had the Houston Astros calling us, wanting to meet us, wanting to get up with us, see what we're about. Who are these local guys doing this? So the Astros hit you up before the Rangers? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> That's really cool of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So no comment. But uh, Are you an Astros fan? No, I'm not. <laughs> by any means. By any means, I'm an Astros fan. I will die on that hill seven days a week, twice on Sundays. I... I I am born, bred a Texas Rangers fan, okay. um, and that's the All hardest right. part about being living in Houston is being a Rangers fan. <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up watching Pudge Rodriguez. I grew up watching the Rangers play, and when we go to games as a kid, you know, it was always ballpark in Arlington, and that was just my thing. And um, I was a catcher too, so like seeing a guy like Pudge catch was like that was my hero on the field. Um, well, and, and but all of this plays into really where you're at in life right now so you talk about it nonchalantly but really like baseball <laughs> baseball is your life i guess baseball is my life yeah that <laughs> like, like that shirt when you're a kid baseball is life like, yeah yeah like danny rojas from ted lasso football is life yeah yes <laughs> coach you always gonna bring it back to ted lasso <laughs> hey i wish i had a really good like snarky ted lasso like reference right now like yeah. it's one of his like little catchy do bobs yeah. but like i don't little know quips yeah yeah, yeah. He's that dude. That show's so good. What what's happening with the next season? It's on, but I I I read it the other day that there's a lot of reshoots because Jason Sudeikis Sudeikis was going through um, all that, but I oh, feel wow. like that affected him creatively. So he was going back and making everybody reshoot a lot of stuff. Damn, that okay. fool served. What's her name? Papers on set of uh, yeah, he served her papers on set of uh, Don't Worry, Darling movie. Damn, that's wild, dude. Damn. Okay, all right. Did I lose respect for Jason? Mm. Well, it's also like, I mean, shit. I don't know the ins and outs of it, right? But that's some. That's a bold move. Very bold move. Yeah, he definitely uh, pulled it out. If you know what I mean. So. So. Yeah, ninth You're innings. really into yeah. uh, baseball. Baseball is your life. This is this is something that should be of note because you you, you grew up going to baseball games, playing baseball. Uh, your dad kind of got you into it, yeah. My dad got me into it. It was uh, he played growing up, so it was always just a thing in the house. It was it was always just the sport we watched. He definitely was a Cowboys fan, f- football fan, of course. As, like any South Texan, you're always going to root for the Cowboys and always cry when they lose. Um, but baseball was always baseball was always like uh, any South Texan. <laughs> what the fuck? Tell me anybody in Corpus that's not a Cowboys okay, fan. Yeah, it yeah, takes yeah, that very yeah, seriously. Got you, got you, got Corpus you. and San Antonio, I feel are Cowboys country. Gotcha. Uh, you don't get that here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, baseball was always just a thing. And gr- growing up, it's it, it was I was putting baseball. You know, probably young age of like seven, eight years old, probably younger than that, and um. I was a scrawny kid, do you believe it or not? I was bony. I was like <laughs> I was like Anton size. 
I was oh, little, dude, I was Anton little. Anton is slim, slim. Shout out to Tone. I was little, dude. Um, and then my third year, my second or third year playing, the coach told my dad, "Hey, Mark needs to put on some weight, like in the off season, like feed him ice cream and steak and bologna for, for, uh, for, for baseball, baseball? Okay. just to put on some weight to, to hit the ball harder." Yeah. Well, I put on like forty pounds over the summer. <laughs> You're like, oh, yes, and yes, I, coach, and I, I never looked back. And yeah, I've been yeah. this hefty husky kid since. But as soon as I put on weight, I started hitting the fence hitting home runs and that's all it took put some power into it yeah um and i stopped playing when i was a senior in high school uh junior in high school um because i discovered girls and booze and i just broke edge so i was like you know once once again uh (laughs) broken bones for your broken edge so um you know, hanging out with friends, you know, drinking 40s and going to shows and doing that stuff, you know, um, was my thing. And that's when baseball kind of took a back seat and up until I was, gosh, I don't know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It was always there, but I never really like put it up there. I it just yeah. always had a place in my heart. Um, okay. So, so yeah, it took a back seat, you know, you're getting more into partying and just going to shows and stuff like that. Now you and Bianca moved to Houston. What was sort of the impetus for starting ninth inning, which is like this, I, you know, I, I love ninth inning stuff. I rock ninth inning stuff and you're a marked man. I am. Uh, and, and I got a ninth inning tattoo um, because you know, you're a brother to me, but I did not grow up in a sports household. Right. I am not a sports dude. And that's one of the first things that you and I kind of like connected on was you told me straight up like, Mark, I'm not a baseball fan, but I fucking love ninth inning. hundred percent. But okay. So, so doing like, so I know that it's, 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 uh, it it, it is baseball themed. It's a homage to baseball. I was in the streetwear scene for a while. I was really heavy into a lot of the brands around like 2009, 10, 11, uh, Crooks and Castles, undefeated Hall of Fame. Damn, Crooks and Castle. Hundreds when hundreds is popping off. Um, now I feel like Supreme owns everything. You know, Palace brands like that are big now, but like back then it was like more like the skate brands. Um, yeah. Not so much Supreme, but you know they were around for sure. Of course, it's so crazy. I forgot about a lot of these brands, and now like Shepard is that's his stuff. He is all about. I have like, so much. In a box, I will. I think I've given him a lot too. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I've a given, lot of uh, paintings. Yeah, and, yeah. I've got some. I've definitely got some stuff for him. Um, but I was really heavy, like into that and like the whole sneaker game thing. Um, I bought a lot of like SB Dunks, a lot of Air Max Nineties, AM Ones. Um, well, at that time, Dunks were popping, even in the hardcore. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, even in the hardcore, and that's yeah. kind of where like I kind of correlated, like. Could, could you call out like the hardcore kid at the show who was like in cargos, flat bills, dunks, like, and all like color coordinated too? That was me. Okay, that was yeah, me. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. I was like righteous jams. Yep. Mental. Like that was like yeah. That whole locking out Steve. That yeah. that thing was 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 my jam. That was yeah. my thing. Was falling into that route. Um, band T-shirt, camo cargos, fresh pair of dunks, fresh new era, like. You know, that was my look, you know, young age. What, what was your favorite band from that locking out era? Oh, God, dude. I'll tell you, mine was Crunch Time. Fuck. Crunch Time, the realness seven inch. Dude, Righteous Jams. Yeah. 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 
Righteous Jams, but like, well, just, I, like that just, Righteous Jams uh, demo, dude. Invasion used to be this band, but, but now we're playing Righteous Jam, dude. Yeah, yeah, that. But like Justice, oh yeah, yeah. From, from Europe was so good, dude. Yep. That band I felt like was so slept on. They came through Texas and I missed it, but they would drop the coolest fucking merch. All all of Locking Out had the best merch. Yeah. Um, well, it like, goes back to like like streetwear inspired, like they Cold World. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like. They did it. Would you consider? I mean, Iron Age. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, is a walking out band. I yeah, mean, no, they, they are. They are. Like, I mean, so is Power Trip. So it's Power Trip. Yeah, and when they were doing like pre, like pre constant struggle, I remember there was the demo, butchers. It was the seven inch butchers bill, but they were dropping like cash. What was the label? Well, that that okay. So that Iron Age demo, brain melt, brain weight, brain melt, brain wave. That was brain melt. Somebody was doing, I think it was Jason or someone in that camp was doing a label or some kind of like. Are you talking about next level? Next level. Yeah. Next, next level, level skins. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they had a, I remember I went to an Iron Age show or somebody and I bought yeah, a next, next level, level with the cash. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was a tall tea. Yep. It was, I bought I probably bought off like RJ. Like yeah. it, was a, it was a black tall tea and it said next level in money letters. Yep. And it's funny. I have an OG uh, Iron Age constant struggle era t-shirt. And I think on the bottom right corner in very small letters, it says next level. Yeah. yeah. Very, very tiny. You can barely see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, locking out bands were, were the, to in my perspective, were, were the best bands to be around and be listening to. Yeah. Um, but so, okay. So like, yeah, dunks and all that played a part, got into streetwear, went down that route, started spending all my money on that and i was making good money for like a 21 year old i was making some serious cash and i'll just blow it all on shoes yeah so uh you're in doing inspection work at refineries yeah okay cool. yeah i was doing that um heavily into streetwear moved to houston where streetwear is super big at the time um took my passion for that took my love of baseball put the two together but i never wanted ninth inning to fall at, in, into the realm of a streetwear brand i wanted it to be more polished less swag more refined less more classic more classic um sort of in the in the vein of like what hall of fame and undefeated were doing at the time which they're still dude undefeated was great great brands sick um there's a brand from canada right now called reigning champ they've been around for a while but they do exactly what i want a ninth inning to become it's just cut and sew like athletic wear oh, but it's dope. like minimal like minimal design just small embellishments over the heart like like a, uh what you call it um like sewn in very small little things here and there um but ultimately ninth inning came out and did what it did got the astros attention year one um year two we were sitting having lunch with the texas rangers up in arlington so but so year one got the astros attention what were they they were they wanting like a collaboration or like not so much a collaboration more so just to talk to us just to pick our brains figure out what we're doing figure out you know our process who we are what's our what's our motivation what's your influence who are who are you guys really just a more so like introduction um the rangers thing happened and that was kind of set up to be something down the line and never really panned out like that but we had something in the works to work with them on doing a couple of things as far as the capsule capsule went um, oh that would have been dope yeah that was crazy my designer at the time him and i were super psyched on it 
Um, but we still did a lot of fun, very, very cool things outside of like Major League Baseball. We did a collaboration with Manipulate. Uh, we did a really oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shot to Busky. We did a really cool yeah. uh, three quarter sleeve that they sold at the bowl one year. Um, we also did some really fun stuff here locally with, with Cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did an Ebbets collaboration with them that was very, very um, detailed. I want to say oh, this. Yeah. Went yeah. straight razors and strikeouts. We did a. You and I had a, had yeah. a couple meetings at Kelly's <laughs> Country Cooking. Shout to Kelly's. <laughs> yeah. Shout to Pasadena. Yes. Straight up. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the Southeast. So that was uh, that was early on. We did a, we did a really fun capsule there uh, with Ebbets. Did a really fun release party with Fat Tony at the Washington shop. Um, I forgot who did the food outside, but it was great. Wait. It was fa- was that La Macro? It was La Macro. Yeah, with the cart. Yeah. Yes, dude. Yeah, so old doing it. Early beginnings, humble beginnings. Um, what else did we do? We did um, linked up with Matt. Linked up with my buddy Matt Worthy from Seattle at the time. He was working with I think Microsoft. He just left. Matt did like all the Rainfest designs. Okay. Matt did uh, a lot of Man, Rainfest was uh, the fest in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Judge, like a lot of good bands play. I think Judge played the last. The last Rainfest, I want to say. Death Threat played it. Yeah. Um, Death Threat. So good. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was just talking about Forgotten Government. Dude. Love it. They've never. Land of the that's, Brave. That's Home one band free. that's never put out a single miss. No. Like. Yeah. Even like Now Here Fast. Dude. I, I love that album. I can't stand the Operation Ivy cover, but like <laughs> that album hits. What uh, The cover was a. Uh, What's the song? Bombshell. Okay. Okay. She, 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 she's a bombshell. Gotcha. <laughs> um, that's right. I forgot about Yo, that. Yo, but so so Wes was always a big ninth inning. We got Wes. Yeah, Wes was a big supporter from the jump. Um, and that's like where ninth inning really found its mark too, is we resonated in hardcore because we got a lot of bands wearing our stuff. Mm-hmm. Wes was really big into it. Uh, Carlos from Rotting Out, out in California, was rocking our stuff for a while. Um we got everybody linked up. Like they would come through Texas. We throw, you know, we float them some stuff. Scott Vogel of Terror was really into oh, it. Yeah, yeah. He was a big backer of us, big supporter of ninth inning. Um, and ultimately, we did a lot of cool, like just projects with like Oxford Pennants, Mitchell Batco, always doing stuff with Ebbetsville Finals from Seattle. Mitchell Batco, y'all did the uh, yeah. Limited I shot edition photos. Back. I shot photos here before it was Coral Sword when this place was vacant mm-hmm. and it was wired up only. Yeah, I did those photos here i never forget that um but i always wanted ninth inning just to be something different i never wanted it to be just a, a t-shirt brand i wanted it to be something that could live on a wall either as a physical item a print something that could live on a shelf a baseball a mug a cup and to this day i look at my shelf now in my office and i've got the glass i've got the mug i've got the base you did the bat. it I, yeah. we did it we, we yeah. had fun with it we had a, a fun five years um being in that space, retailing shirts, and and, and and doing that whole game, it's tough because there's not a lot of markup on like something like that, and you're yeah. not really in it to make a buck. But at the same time, if you're putting so much energy into it, you should at least reap some kind of benefit and reward. Well, and you don't want to lose your ass on it. Exactly. You, know. you got to at least turn a profit or at least break even at minimum. And right. sometimes some years we weren't breaking even, you know, and Bianca and I would go broke because we're funny ninth inning, you know, and... I don't have all the. And y'all put so much into the presentation. Oh, I remember. Man. Well, I remember the first pop up set up at a Cutthroat and just being blown away by the amount of 
work that went into every last detail. You know, it's funny as a lot of, yeah, we, I'm trying to think in the, if you go into Cutthroat Washington, we were in the right side to the, to the wall in the corner. I remember I hung up the bats from the ceiling and then I let the t-shirts on hangers on the bats. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and then you did a brewery tour and yeah, and that's right. So much went into the presentation of that. That was, so we did a lot of pops around Houston. I remember one year we did a, a, a shop small Saturday. Yep. Yep. And we did Paralink Coffee Roasters at 6 a.m. Oh, my God. I remember this. It was a marathon <laughs> We run. did. We did. It was cutthroat east side here for lunch. And then we went to Sigma for dinner. And we sold so much. I think we sold everything that day. Yeah. Um, but that was a marathon. We, we, it was a great time. We did exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted to do pop-ups in three different parts of the city or two different parts, but um, three different locations and kind of shine light on those small businesses, Yeah, you know? Um, and then the brewery tour happened because I thought, hey, I'm already kind of got this pop-up activation thing dialed in. This is probably like 2017, 18, 17, I would say. I have this whole pop-up mobile thing dialed in. Let's take it on the road to different cities I've got friends and homies who have brands in those cities. I'll bring along a barber. I'll bring along somebody. We'll, we'll make it a whole like tour. Yeah. So for four weekends straight, we did like Austin and we went to Dallas and then we went to Corpus and then we did Houston at the very end. Um, and that was fun. Edwin was there with us before he was even cutting hair. He was doing Pomp's Not Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, you cut hair in Austin mm-hmm. for that one. Yeah. I mean, it was a whole caravan. Yeah. Like, it was really cool. Yeah. Traveling show. I wanted it to feel like a... A pop-up market that was on the road and that's kind of what we did we um, actually i because i i just came across a flyer in austin we did the uh um ninth inning after show at bull mccabe's yeah yeah black coffee played and some other bands what was what was the the band at the time they're not around anymore but they they played gabe was in it Idiot City? Idiot City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idiot fun. City was so good. They were fun, yeah. dude. They were yeah. really fun. Um, yeah, Bull McCabe's. That was a fun night. Um, and we did our, we did our thing. We, we had a, a very fun five years. And the thing that turned me off was like craft beer culture would sometimes come in and kind of like look at your hard-earned work and be like, eh, am I shitting on craft beer right now? I, yeah, well, probably. I, I, I think I think as, as as soon as you said craft beer culture, like, <laughs> me, like, yeah, <laughs> Phil and I were just like, but but yeah, ultimately, like it, it didn't sit well with me that we were busting our ass and sweating our asses off in the middle of summer, you know. And I think Maris was like one or two. No, no, Maris wasn't even around yet. Was she? Of course, yeah, she was two years old. I'm sorry. Um, and people would just walk into your setup and just you just forgot looked. about your daughter. I did. I had lunch with her. I took her. I took her lunch today, dude. And she was so stoked. She was so like excited to show me off to her friends. Because I, because you never take her to lunch. Well, I, I brought lunch to her. Oh, okay. At oh, her yeah. school. Oh, yeah, at her school. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And it was my first time doing it. Like you know, she's in first grade, bro. I sat down. I swear to God, there was like ten fucking kids walked up to me with their ketchup, with their milk, with yeah. their Cheetos. Sir, can you open this? Sir, can you open <laughs> yes, this? Yes, yes, sir. Like throwing ketchup at me. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is going on? Like, <laughs> so I end up like opening up a bunch of like milk cartons for like the first like 20 minutes. But um, back to the the tour, it was, it, it was very just, I was drained. Creatively, I was, I was against a wall. I'm like, 
fuck. It's a lot. Dude, I was just like, and then at that time, my inspection career was moving faster. Ninth Inning was on the verge of really becoming something huge. We were, we were starting to turn profit. Yeah, For the yeah, first time I mean, in five years, we were like turning yeah. a buck. And that, that got me excited, but I was also scared at the same time. And I remember having a conversation with Bianca on our back porch at the time. Turbo was probably there. It was probably a drunk conversation with Turbo on the porch, like we always do. And at that moment in 2018, I had the opportunity to either walk away from inspection or stay in it. And I stayed in it and I halted and I paused ninth inning. And I kind of like flirted the idea of doing it like a year later. Yeah, so, I, I, I remember that know, pause. And yeah. we, we stopped and Bianca yeah. and I went to Mexico. We came back and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm done for the year. I had a collaboration in the works with Parallel Coffee Roasters to do a really fun like uh, ninth inning bagged coffee. Um, like to, to do uh, ninth inning coffee? No, more, more like a one-off, like a okay, one-off, yeah. like specialty roast, and just slap yeah. a label on there. We had some cool stuff in the works, um, but all that took a back seat. And as soon as that happened, I had I kind of just took off like four or five months creatively, just focused on inspection. Didn't really do much. Spent time with Maris a lot more. Enjoyed the holiday season, and then back before that happened the this beginning is the of, end of 2018 2018 right but yeah. back in like 2013 i bought a sony camera for the brand i'm like oh i gotta start shooting photos because i can't be hiring a photographer every time i need to do something for ninth inning so from 2013 on i just taught myself how to shoot and as time yeah, went this on is, this is a key part of the story too because you shot a lot in the in the, in the barber shop and 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 just watching so like grow so much and that's where like that's kind of these things overlapped creatively is because when I was shooting at the barbershop, I didn't know that was setting me up for where I'm at now. I didn't know that I was cutting my teeth with you and the barbers at that time and sort of set me up and catapult me where I'm at today because I think in our Dropbox between us, I have at least 25 folders of East End cutthroat yeah. dated and I go back to those early photos. I'm like, those are fucking terrible photos. Do you like, holy shit? <laughs> and I, well, and I, I, it's so funny. Like, and I'm sure the same way. Like, you can go back to a haircut you did years oh, ago. And you're like, a hundred percent. But you know, to that point, like, I, I've never been a photographer. I'm not a photographer right now. But having friends like you and Max, dude, I've developed an eye for it. Yes. Like, because I look back at the the old photos that that you did and Max, and and at the time I liked it, and and, and now looking at like you just came and shot in the shop a couple of weeks ago, and and the link that you sent me, I was like, the some of the just the the features you have on like Mikey and Sierra and and Will, it's just. It's it, you capture emotion very well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that's one thing I love about coming back here is that I can come here as just a photographer, just myself, shoot the shit with everybody. How many photographers do you think I've shot here? I don't know. We've had a few. Yeah, yeah. I think I've shot. Let me see. This shop started in 2015. 2015. I don't think I shot Washington. I definitely shot the beginning of here, mm -hmm. but we've had a lot of circulating barbers throughout the years. Yep. Um, and I've got photos of damn near all of them, but yeah. So I had to teach myself photography from the jump just to get through ninth inning and to get by when ninth inning took a pause. Yo, we haven't even talked about barbecue. Yet. <laughs> when ninth inning took a pause is when I really grabbed the camera and went full fledged. I'm going to start shooting heavy. 
and I started making myself find something to shoot going out in the city going out somewhere and just finding a subject to shoot whether it was landscape architecture. yeah so you started focusing on on photography after that exactly but okay real quick you're still working still working okay, still refinery got it time goes on a couple of years pass I'm shooting friends and family here and there shooting the dogs shooting you know whatnot whatever I can I find Sandlot baseball it finds me I start playing with the Houston gamblers um, start taking my camera out to the long time in Austin shooting there I remember seeing some of those first photos and just like through those photos and through you being introduced to this whole culture and like of, of Sandlot baseball and just really being like yeah amazed by it all and that was the long time was actually a place we were doing pop-ups also we did a pop-up on the brewery tour when we did the brewery tour in austin with you the next day we did a pop-up at the long time so it kind of overlaps the same time on that sunday on that sunday yeah, yeah because i started playing at the long time in 2017 and the brewery tour was in 18 so right towards the end of night you did a lot yeah ask yeah bianca's <laughs> I feel so bad for Bianca. Yes. <laughs> I just yes, drag totally. her around everywhere. And she's, she's such a strong, just, she never says no. Yeah. And if yeah, she does yeah. says no, it's for a good reason. It's probably because it, she, it's, you know, I shouldn't be doing something, but definitely shout out to our wives. Like shout out to Aaron who I, I you know, but you're in the same case. Like yeah. you, 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 you want to do X, Y, Z, but within our bandwidth, we can only do X. Yep. But you've got these ideas in your head, what you want to do now, and it and it changes with the seasons, right? Like you're not the same person you were last year because creatively you're a different person, you're a different man, you're a different father, you're a different musician, you're a different barber. You see things a little bit differently. You're evolving, right? So your progression is there. Same thing with me. There's things I wanted to do back in '19 that I thought were really fun, and if I could do that. But now I look back, I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't go that route. I'm so glad I didn't do that with that person. Um, but it's it, it's cool to be able to pull the scope back and be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, much I understand so. how and why it went this way. Very much so. Like towards the end of towards the end of ninth inning, like we had an investor come in and, and put a hundred k on the table. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever knew about that. We met him at Ecclesia. Okay, okay. He ended up passing away two years ago. Oh wow! But. We had a couple meetings, a couple sit-downs, came to the house, hung out with this very nice guy. And he was like, look, I've made a good good amount of money in my career, what I'm doing now. I'm looking to invest in a company like yourself. XYZ, here's what we got going on. Logistic-wise, here's what's on paper. What do you think? And we sat on it for a couple of weeks. And that was a decision Bianca and I made together that we shouldn't go down that route. We've made it this far on just us. Um just certain turns in the road that we didn't go down and I'm glad in a way we didn't what that have helped us of course it would have but I would have been indebted 100k to this person no yeah completely you know you you uh, it just just knowing who you are now and and where you're at um family and career wise you got to be glad I mean yeah yeah and that was the the way the 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 dominoes fell it's like exactly exactly so beautiful um like the saying goes, everything happens for a reason, and that happened for a specific reason, um, because ninth inning, right, about two months later is when ninth inning completely paused. So, um, 
but photography took off and that really put things into perspective for myself um coming here to the barbershop at least once every once a week once every two weeks just shooting uh and just learning the ins and outs of a camera you know um and as time went on slowly but surely i started getting paid clients and people started paying me more and more to do certain photos and come shoot this and i completely forgot about this yeah like (laughs) (laughs) and watching you grow as a photographer and then yeah yeah that was and i i look back now dude and i'm like i I see a lot of the photos i was putting out there like on instagram and i thought creatively these photos were awesome and they're so crisp and i'm like i look back now i'm like what the fuck were you editing with dude like take off the fucking goggles like can you not see the photo you're editing you know and um long story short too late right but we went (laughs) it it took a turn probably around 20 let me see maris was born 16 probably around 2019 pre-pandemic it sparked and it took off and then pandemic happened and i i don't know about y'all but those three or four months of sitting at home in complete solace with your family changed my life it changed all of our lives it changed it did us better it did me better as 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 everything i am today so aaron and i we we've had a few conversations about how we wanted to be we we didn't want to speak too much about how well those two three months did for us because for some it didn't i get i get it yeah, yeah for some it didn't it was just it was a horrible time i know for of course a lot of businesses a lot, we of, were struggling. A lot of our friends too that year uh yes yes uh deaths all this all this other stuff happening but yes that pause did wonders for uh for for me as a business owner and a husband and a father just sitting down and being forced to focus on okay the way that i'm doing things right now isn't isn't realistic long term i'm just kind of like burning the candle at both ends just ripping six seven days a week and so it allowed me to really like once again pull the scope back and reassess reassess completely yeah yeah so yeah i get it yeah we stayed home like everybody else um, had no idea what was going to happen in the world, but we had YouTube, we had Disney Plus, or we had, I don't think Disney Plus is out yet. We had our apps. We had our, we had us, we had the backyard, we had barbecue, we had grilling, we had, we had just, we had that to yeah, really yeah, yeah. relish in and take advantage of. So our backyard became our oasis. It became our Disney world. It became, I'm, I'm sure knowing you, you were doing some home renovations and stuff like dude, that. Dude, my backyard before COVID <laughs> was like, so like Harvey happened in 17 and um, like Jake Frost came out and built a deck right before Harvey Harvey happened they pulled the deck out when they when they came and put pillars under our house they ripped out the deck and well Harvey Harvey wrecked you guys Harvey wrecked us yeah 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 Harvey destroyed us um, but we were one of the lucky ones we came we were home within three months um, I take that back my dad and I built the first deck that they ripped out. Jake came back and completely fixed it and put a brand new deck in. Okay. Shout out to Jake Frost. Yeah, shout and, out to Integrity. Man, dude, some of the... That dude? Holy yeah. shit, man. I yeah. see some of the stuff he does now, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, 
incredible, incredible. Yeah, work. It, it blows my blows my mind. I, you know, obviously he's a he's a friend of ours, but so this is a bit biased. But he's truly an artist, dude, and a perfectionist. By every bit, by every much of the word, he is so detailed. Yep, incredible. Um, but yeah, during COVID, our backyard needed a lot of work. I like redid the entire landscape. I. <laughs> Resided the entire yard. Now it's a freaking forest back there. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Um, but we stayed home. We were we were home for those three months, you know, and we just really became close to the family. I know it's corny to say, but we we just bonded more. We just yeah. became more tighter. Um, and I started paying attention to how I operated as a photographer and what I was shooting and the way I was shooting it and what was important. And really just kind of questioned myself why I was shooting. Who was I? Whose attention was I trying to go after? Was it for the right reason? Why am I doing this? Yeah, was, like I guess you felt like you were just climbing. Why am I climbing? Yeah. Where is it aesthetically pleasing to me? Why am I doing that? Where's it going to get me? And that lasted for a little bit. Um, pandemic was over, sort of. Um, According to, according to Biden, pandemic's over. Oh yeah, what <laughs> he just said something last week, maybe. My mom had my know. mom had COVID last weekend. Oh man, how's yeah. she doing? Oh, she's dude. She was at Orange Theory right now, so she's okay. fine. She's, yeah, yeah. She's kicking okay. ass. <laughs> shout out to Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Gemma. Um, but I I came back out of COVID just hungry and ready to work and ready to create. My number one thing after coming out of that was I. I just wanted to create something. Didn't matter what it was. I just wanted to build and ultimately tell a story. And I think now, still, a lot of people want inclusion in things. A lot of people want to be. Want, they want that feeling that they're involved. That they're a part of the journey. They're a part of your yeah. journey because the one thing that social media and especially Instagram gives you it gives people a platform way more involved than they need to be. <laughs> Is yeah, that, yeah, no, I mean, no, absolutely. It's a yeah. good, it's a good and bad thing, right? Yeah. I, get, I get it. But it's it just seemed like post COVID, post pandemic, I had a another chapter turn in my head, and I started dialing in more on barbecue, and a Yeti reposted me a couple times. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That, so that I was, I remember talking to you a lot uh, during the initial shutdown, and like, dude, you you were smoking brisket <laughs> yeah. all the time yeah, like, was, like obsessively smoking meats in the backyard and that was my thing i taught myself how to how to barbecue how to smoke um growing up my dad was definitely definitely barbecued he definitely grilled but he didn't really teach me how to smoke yeah so i taught myself how to smoke on this piece of shit home depot barbecue pit eventually upgraded to an offset smoker and for a while there i was really like Oh, I'm going to go that route. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going the barbecue route. Like that. That's exactly where where I want to be. Well, and you were shooting a lot of. I was shooting uh, a lot of content around it, yeah. and I was building content off off of that. I was, you know, um, just I dubbed myself like the just your friendly neighborhood backyard barbecue enthusiast daddy. That's what I was. That's why yeah. I still am. Yeah. Um, I wish I had time to be in the backyard more smoking meat, but that's not you know, that's not a bad thing. Um. But that was where I was at that time and doing a lot of content around that. And as think places were opening up and barbecue houses around Texas were opening up, I was going and visiting everyone with my camera, started shooting, 
started shooting. I'd already been taking photos of my barbecue well before that for years, right? Like for, with, my, with my phone, but never with intent. It was always more like quick Instagram hit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I started just going in there with a different scope, I guess, with a different different view. Um, Once again, the uh, the places that you visited and continue to visit, you were offering different perspectives as opposed to just like close-ups of some juicy meat, which is right aesthetically <laughs> pleasing and, and but, does the job. But the one set of photos that sticks out to me is uh, Snow's Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. That was Tootsie, you know, four in the morning cooking behind the deal they had there, the counter. I'm probably 40 feet away. I had a zoom lens on me at the time and I just caught some really, really great photos. Shot her all, all day throughout the morning shift. I remember there were some, some points there where like smoke was coming out of the direct heat cooker and it's in her face and I'm just, I have my camera below and I'm shooting up and it's just a beautiful scene. Uh, Snows was great. I've got a lot of good memories from Snows. Um, but now I, th I, I look at it and I'm like, I'm getting paid by companies to go and shoot these pitmasters. Mm -hmm. And it's just wild to me to think that three years ago I wasn't, it was a completely different thing for me, you know? Um, but now, yeah, it happened I'm, in a short period my of favorite, time. Right. And my mm -hmm. favorite thing about that job and doing that isn't so much getting the photo of the plate of the spread of the barbecue of everything. And believe me, that's obviously the, the product is delicious. It's great. Everyone's got great barbecue, right? Yeah. My favorite thing is shooting the pit master, shooting the pits, shooting them over the coals, over, over the firebox, them in the pit room, catching emotion. Like you said earlier, you can't catch emotion off a plate of barbecue. Yeah. You can catch emotion off the pitmaster that made it. Yeah, the, the people behind it. Telling the story, right? The, the caveat on top, of course, is that finished product. But like for me, I find the most bliss out of capturing that moment with that pitmaster, whoever it is with that company, and being able to tell their story through a channel. So whether it's photo, whether it's video, um, no matter what the format is, my goal is to ultimately tell their story to their audience and help create a product for them outside mm. of what they're already making. So 2021 happened and um, things are booming. I'm, I'm, I'm busy all the time. I think 20, 28, 19, I became a super, 2018, I became supervisor at my, at, with inspection at Valera Houston with my group. Um, supervisor so was, or czar? <laughs> Uh, dictator, some guys would say. Uh, I've, I've heard stories. Yeah. Thanks, Turbo. <laughs> I had to fire Turbo on my birthday. It was terrible. It was so bad. Um, wasn't my call, though. But anyways, that life took off, and that career was, was, was moving drastically fast. On top of that, my photography was going very quick. So we went to go see this artist over at, I want to say, the small room at Warehouse. His name was Benjamin Todd. He does like uh, like Billy Strings, kind of like folk, okay, honky tonk, yeah. um, country. I, I really mean to call it country. It's just folk, good folk Americana. And um, I, I'm pretty sure Benjamin Todd was a was a punk rock kid at one time, because that dude's like hopping trains. Yeah, he's tatted yeah. up. I think I'm pretty sure he's a punk rock kid wherever he came from. Um, and the very last song of their set. Bianca and I are standing there. He goes, hey, 
if you're waiting for that moment in your life to make that next decision or whatever it was, like if you're waiting for the opportunity to come, it's never going to come. You have to go out there and take it. Whatever you're waiting on, stop waiting and just fucking do it. I'm like, God damn, this guy's talking to me. Yeah, yeah. So the next day I went in just at peace, completely cool, calm, collective. And it was a Friday morning. I went in the first hour and a half I was there. My guys and my direct supervisors for the company I was with were just shitting on me all day. Just everybody was coming at me left and right. Within the first two hours, I was just getting hit left and right. And I sat back in my chair in my office and I'm just like, why am I here? I don't need to be here. I was making to Benjamin Todd in your, in your air. <laughs> yeah. At the time I was making, I was making the exact same money. While I was making an inspection in photography. Mm. So I'm, I'm like, why am I here? Why am I, what am I doing here? If I and believe me, I was going to work at doing this inspection thing, but I was doing like creative the entire time I was there. Oh, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like what, what we were talking about, Phil. I was spending yeah. my time getting paid by this. You know, I was doing my job there for sure, but I was also doing what I do now at that time in my office, my yeah. nine to five. So I was definitely u- utilizing my time wisely. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I just, I say, you know what, guys? I'll see you on Monday. I grabbed my shit. I walked out and I went home. And I kind of laughed about it. And I said, you know what? I'm fucking done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I called, I called Bianca. And I talked to her about it. She's like, you're right. You're done. Get out of there. She's like, hang it up. I'm like, you serious? She's like, yeah, hang it up. Once again, shout out to supportive wives. This is a yeah. career I'd been in for the past 12, 13 years. Went to school for it. Broke my back for this company. Almost died one time in Port Arthur for it. Met some great people through the company. Met my best friend, my brother, through this comp- through this entity, this career i was ready to leave i was done i was tapped out i i I could offer no more to this thing that i had done for so long my entire adult career because this other thing was calling my name so i left august 13th of 2021 and i said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna roll the dice myself i'm gonna do it and bianca's like go for it i got your back talked to my parents my dad was like you need to do this. Like you have always been more creative than I could have ever been as a kid. He was like, I don't know where you get it from. We were standing at Luby's in parallel. And I, we told my parents, you know, my dad told me like, I know you can do this. I believe in you. And, um, I did it. I, I, and I spent the, the end of 2021 making mistakes and learning from them, trying to navigate where I wanted to go. I knew for a fact I couldn't operate as Mark Champion forever. I needed to create an entity to represent my services and what I ultimately wanted to become. And that was a small business creative sort of agency in that sense, in that realm, and offer my services and what I did to clients and customers all over, not just Texas. And and so to me, what we're getting at right now is the sum of everything you've done your your whole life it 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 comes to this 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 company this this uh this career that you're in now right so everything i learned from doing laces out and golf wars and learning how to market myself and learning how to throw events everything i learned with with ninth inning and how to talk to people and how to delegate and how to go about that business to getting into photography and learning that realm and ultimately being able to offer a client a service of creative 
or brand advising or event management is where I'm at now. So Flintfield started um, October 2021 on paper. Uh, we became legal, a uh, legal entity, LLC, in 2021, October of that year. Announced it, I think, in March or February of this year. And I am more busy now than I have ever been. Like, financially, blessed beyond belief, dude. I, I, I cannot tell you that enough. I thought for a while there was going to be all downhill. But, you know, knock on wood, it's, it's been double. Well, you know. <clears throat> I, I, I'm not surprised in the light in the slightest because, to me... You, in my opinion, you didn't go in cold. Everything was a setup for this. Right. You, you've you've already done um, unintentionally a lot of networking, um, connecting with others, building these relationships. Everything set up to, I, you know. I remember you telling me about it, and and um, yeah, I remember that. Me thinking like, oh well, shit. Yeah, I like the world needs this. I need Flintfield for for help advice you know services um and and i know that i've i've reached out to you uh, a few times for that and so is my wife aaron yeah um so where did you get the name flint filled um so you think the word you think of the word flint obviously it's something that starts to start to fire right like you get a piece of flint no matter what it is some some something you find outside some kind of old dried out wood or whatever it could be really anything to create a fire and then field, of course, just homage to like baseball, right? So it's been a while since I've told the story, but like Flint Field is is really us coming in and creating that fire for you and your company, no matter what it is. Whether your fire's gone out or you need to start a fire to create something, is where we play a big yeah, role. Whether in. it's an old business or a new, right? Whether you're you know a thirty year old business or you're a, a brand new you know year one Q one brand from xyz town and you need creative you need any kind of direction you need any kind of content we come in there we play a role we help you out we build something for you we create strategy we do marketing we can help with with e-commerce we're starting to get more into um i lost my train of thought but well so so you know with that that's that's photo video content that's beautiful crisp relevant to the brand um uh site work online work um and and also logo branding where you'll work with other graphic design right. artists right so garrett holes who's been shout out to garrett and known garrett, design known garrett since i was probably 15 years old um always been a creative in my corner since the jump we had back when before ninth inning was around, he had a brand called Street Serpents, and we were just doing our brands together, doing collaborations together, doing events together, doing pop-ups together. Um, so ninth inning definitely had a brand partner, and that was Street Serpents for years. Um, and Garrett was the mastermind behind it all. Everyone loved Street Serpents. Um, Garrett and Adri are now doing Holes Design, which is their own creative entity. Yeah. Um, he just left the Spurs organization in San Antonio to go full-time freelance. He's got a beautiful, beautiful family. Um, he has been my sort of creative partner in a lot of the things I've done this year. Um, 
So companies will reach out to me and ask for designer branding. And while I don't do that personally, I have Garrett that can mm-hmm. easily knock it out. Um, he'll pass me clients. I'll pass him clients. And that's basically how we just stay fed. Um, a lot of fun things in the works for next year that he's got going on that I'm going to be involved in. And he, vice and he's versa. A, he's a, to, to, you know, sew it all together. He's another hardcore kid. He's another hardcore kid turned hardcore daddy, turned oil <laughs> dog, turned entrepreneur, just like you and I. Um, he's, he's, he's a great person, a great human being. Um, so, yeah, the, the three things that Flint Field offers is, of course, number one, content creation, whether it's photo, video, um, copywriting. We can also do uh, brand advising. You're in a creative rut. You need help. You need some kind of consultation on where to go with this. Or you want to reach this kind of audience or you have this much money and you want to go and do this. Hey, we'll put you in touch with these people or we can do this for you, this service. And then the big one lately has been event management. Um, mm. Working with a lot of brands in Texas that want to do, you know, paid activations and paid events, you know, and we're there to put them in touch with a certain crowd that will definitely benefit from what they're doing and their service or their product. Um, and that's been fun. We did, we've done a good amount of events this year, um, throughout Texas, not just here in Houston. And it's been great. I've, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm definitely. Yeah. I keep yeah, on telling you, myself, make it to December. The last two weeks of December, I'm I'm completely taken off. I'm turning off everything. And I mean, you you travel every week. I travel um, since the birth of Major. I've only traveled, I think, once. Uh, my son is a month and a week old. I want to say it's a fresh baby boy, fresh little pooper. Um, but I had, yeah, I had a big travel weekend. Uh, I think the second week he was born. And I was really hoping that he would come either before or after that, that weekend because if he came when I was out of town, that would have been hellacious yeah, for Bianca I, to be by I, herself and, you know. Um, crushing. Yeah. Well, so, thankfully it didn't go down like that. Thankfully it didn't. But um, I've my usual nine to five is either traveling across Texas to go work for a client or being in the office working on content for a client. Um my problem right now is I need to know my limits. I need to know, like, I'm going to go home right now in a little bit and I'm going to get on for a couple hours because I know I have things to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know it. Like knowing I, the boundaries the kind of shut off the, and I feel, and I, and Bianca sometimes will give me hell about it. You know, like you didn't know when to call it quits. I'm like, I just need a couple more hours. The kids are asleep. Like I can just knock this out. And then I stay up till three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to get married to school at 6am or 7am and then my sleep lacks, you know, but there's all about, there's, there's a factor that comes in about sacrifice and about getting where you want to be on behalf of sacrifice, you know, but it shouldn't come at the cost of something else like your family. No, absolutely. I know I'm rambling now, but I, I I think that, well, where you're at right now, the brand is, is, um, the the business is popping off. It's it's doing very well for itself, and we're hiring for we're, we're hiring people now. We're bringing on uh, employees. Like it's twenty twenty three is going to be a complete a complete turnover of just how this company is operated. It's going to the next level of just to where I can bring on employees and stop chasing every bag across Texas. Yeah. Well, and, and so the burning the candle at both ends, right? 
um, staying up till three in the morning, you know, operating on two, three hours of sleep is still um, needed, necessary, and still sexy right now. Yeah. Right. Um, so that makes total sense. I, I, I already see like this uh, business doing the long haul and being around for a very long time. So I know in the future you will find that like, oh, okay, this is where I need to balance it out. This is where I need to add some more structure so right. I can actually get a proper night's rest. I, I stop working at this hour. I begin working at this hour. I got family time. I got uh, me time, all that stuff. And really just truthfully be able to enjoy the fruits of your own labor. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you can m make a buck all day, but you know, being able to have a weekend off and take the family to Galveston or yeah, go, you know, go to Austin for a weekend and not go to Austin and not work. Yeah. Like go to San Antonio and not work, go to Dallas and not work. Yeah. Being able to go is just go and enjoy barbecue with your family and you're not there getting paid to shoot, you know? Yeah. Um, that's kind of my goal. Um, but the year 2022 is already mapped out. I've, I'm literally turning on clients left and right. I turned down somebody this morning via email and politely said, Hey, let's work on this 23. And they said, sure. Why not? So, um, yeah. So pe people are, people are getting in line and I've been fortunate enough to work with some really great brands, um, this year alone, um, that have truthfully kept me going. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter if you're a small business or you're a large business, I'm, I'm still going to listen to what you have to say. I'm not going to turn down work. Mostly never. I do. I say no. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's going, it's definitely going. And I'm truly blessed and thankful and, and, and very happy to be where I'm at now. And Bianca stoked. Um, my goal is to find a balance, but also show Maris and major that you can be creative and find fulfillment in that you can be you can go and chase the creative dream no matter how crazy it is roll the dice at least you knew you tried and you failed as opposed to never have tried at all that was my thing is yeah, I, yeah. I never wanted to be like oh i wonder what would happen i wonder what would have happened if the, i the what ifs the what ifs right so when maris turns 18 if she doesn't want to go to college i'm fine with it she wants yeah. to go backpack europe i'm cool with it yeah and she's like dad i want to open up a bake shop i'm like cool let me Hire Flint Field, you know, yeah. like, no. or she, she might be running the company by then, you know, so. But but you're in a position where you're able to inspire them right now. Absolutely. And that's what I wanted to know is such that a gift. she can be, she can be a creative and find a career in it and make a living off of being a creative, you know, and find her way and know that she doesn't have to, to do the whole graduate, go to college, uh, get into college debt, graduate college, get married, uh, have a kid, buy a house, you know, like don't follow this th that stigma like, yeah go your own path whatever makes you happy and fulfills you do it you know um I, yeah that's 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 beautiful and that's man. that's where it's all kind of come down to now is is just building something for them and, and just creating a landscape for them to like i really want to i can't wait till maris turns the age where she can take care of electronics mm. i'm sure chase like oh yeah his yeah, tablet's like Mm, like yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he he's got his uh his computer uh he he knows how to operate Dude. um his ipad and uh, <laughs> better than i know how to operate my iphone 
Yeah. I want to buy her a uh, a beginner's camera, probably when she turns ten or twelve, somewhere in there. Did I tell you Max got one for Chase? Really? Yeah, That's badass. Yeah, yeah. Has yeah, he used a little it? Insax. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's Dude, been using it. It's very been cool. really cool. Yeah. Dude, Chase is a b boy now. Yeah, uh, bro. Yeah, it's, it's it's he is so good. It's wild to to watch. Man, I yeah. love I love seeing like. Shepard's always Shepard's been killing it for years, right? Yeah, well, and Shepard keeps on growing more and more Dude. into his style. He's got he like flows like water. It's yeah, very, you know. Um, and uh, the, the biggest piece of feedback that Chase got from this last competition is that he dances to the rhythm. He dances to the song playing, which is to me such a huge compliment because oh yeah, in those battles. You'll get a lot of kids, a lot of people that just aren't hitting, aren't hitting the beat, no. aren't hit, don't know the song structure, and just go in and just like, okay, I just want to battle this opponent. I'm gonna, you know, it might be like a slow right um, beat, beat, and they're dancing super fast and kind of spastic, and both of them like listen to the songs and follow it. And yeah, I, it's so cool to watch, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, man. I, <laughs> I can't thank you enough for for taking the time to to tell the story and kind of like lay it all out. It's 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 been an ins inspiration to I know me, Aaron, and both the kids over the years. We love you guys. Um, not a lot of people that we keep close to our hearts, and you guys, y'all are damn near our our you know. Mm. Areola, what do you, what do you call it? The uh, areola, uh, the nipple. Yeah, you're my areola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're definitely the nipple. Um. No, and Shepard's a uh, a ball boy. Shepard's an oil dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he an is. Dog. He is an oil dog. I feel like we didn't even talk about them very much, but that's that's for uh, Daddy Tissues when we bring on Jonah. Yep, and 100%. talk more about it. But when, when, uh, when's the next oil dogs game? Right now, on, on paper, the next one's October 28th in Austin, 29th for throwing smoke. Okay, so. yeah, yeah. We didn't even talk about throwing smoke. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it is. And and I think that this is where you and I really get along. There's there's so many things that we will throw ourselves 110 yeah. percent into. Throwing smoke is is in its second year. That's right. Yeah, and you know I know last year we weren't able to make it, but all the feedback that I got was that it was just this amazing success. It, it, it's surreal to see some of the photos and videos from like my homie through this. <laughs> this big ass event was was last year two days also last year's one day one day okay and this year's two days this year's two days yeah 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 so it's uh october 28th 29th in austin at the long time which is sort of on the outside of austin near the uh the tesla factory going towards like i guess like weberville Maynard. it's just okay. a little bit outside of austin okay um yeah it's gonna be fun we um the theme is baseball, beer, barbecue, bourbon, and it's kind of all the cool shit I like about Texas. And so you got you got Lone Star in your corner, and you got Nine Banded. No, uh, I got Lone Star. Uh, they're um, they're a, a event partner here. Uh, still Austin Whiskey. Okay, okay. They're from Austin. Uh, great people. Um, I've got All Hands Cocktails. They're from here in Houston, actually. Um, they're involved. Um, Desert Door from Driftwood, Texas. They make a, a Still Tall, which is like a tequila. They're involved too. Um, great beverage partners, great, uh, great guys there. We've got a lot of great performers. Red Shahan, he's our headliner. He's uh, he does a really cool spin on like Texas honky tonk. 
That's but it's, cool. it's done really well. More like singer songwriter, but it's just done so so beautifully. Yeah. Um, he's got some songs, some music on on uh, Yellowstone right now, which is oh cool. wow, okay. Um, yeah. so he's gonna come out. He's gonna perform. He's also gonna play with the Oil Dogs. Really? Yeah. He's in, he wants to DH, which is okay. just it, the hitter. So he's yeah. gonna DH for us. Yeah. His jersey came in today. Okay. So I sent it to his manager. I'm like, yo, check this out. Yeah. Um, that that's really cool. That's gonna be fun. Um. There's two Sandlot games happening, the Texas Old Dogs versus the Texas Playboys. The South Austin Parakeets are right after us. They're going to take on the Austin Senators. Um, two very good teams going going head-to-head. Um, a lot of great vendors. We have like 13, 14 vendors right now from across Texas. One from Tulsa um, coming down for it. Um, just a lot of great flavor that's coming into the party. Um, the idea is just come, have a good time. To me... I think of this opportunity in this moment for anybody who's outside of Texas from the outside looking in and thinks we all ride horses to work. Yeah. You're goddamn right. We do. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Maris and I were in the front yard last night and this guy comes down the street on a fucking horse. Really? Maris like, dad, you look a horse. I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> He's like, how y'all doing? You know? Um, so from any, anybody like outside of Texas that sees strong smoke, you can come to this event, fly in, and get a taste of Texas. You get Texas barbecue, you get Texas beer, you get Texas bourbon, you get Texas music, you get Texas baseball. You can pretty yeah. much get everything, all the cool shit that we have here without all the bullshit. You can get all the cool things we have to offer in one weekend. You know, And that's kind of the cool thing about Throne Smoke is that it feels like a backyard party because the long time is built like someone's backyard. Yeah. It just so happens to have a baseball field there. So um, I'm excited. Friday night we're doing a uh, like a 40-seat dinner catered by uh, – not catered, but uh, my buddy Robert and Gabe are going to cook. Okay. They're excellent, excellent pit masters slash chefs in the Texas barbecue scene. Um, Chase and Wayne from, from Austin and Cactus Lee are going to perform there on Friday. It's going to be fun. It's only 40 seats, so it's kind of an intimate, personal thing. Yeah. Um, and all the music is more like it's very diverse. It, it goes from like a straight like Texas honky tonk to more like kind of like Bob Dylan style, you know, um, easygoing. Like Cactus Lee is definitely not anywhere near like Texas honky tonk. I would yeah. put him more like close towards like a Towns Van Zant. Okay, more okay. like that style. Yeah. Um, and kind of just wanted to change up the music a little bit and bring it to more a little bit wider range, something for everybody, so to say. Yeah. Uh, my friend Scott Ballou is going to perform. He's um, a great song songwriter. He makes some great music. Uh, during COVID, he took up singer songwriter and and he started performing and writing music and recording. And now he's just fully in his fully in his bag doing his thing. He's great at what he does. He's going to perform. Um, and yeah, it's gonna it's a good mixture. Of just every little cool thing about Texas is going to be there. So if you're I'm- if you're outside, you know, never experienced good Texas barbecue, just really good music. This is a place to do it. So, I'm in, man. <laughs> I'm in. Come have a good time. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. I feel like there's so much more happening after Throne Smoke. Like this weekend till probably uh, middle of December, I'm booked. So, <laughs> I, you I got, man, you got to keep those last two weeks. I am. Those last two weeks, I'm not doing anything. And yeah. I, I had an offer to go do something in Austin the week before Christmas. And I had to turn it down because I, I wanted to stay true and just not deviate from the plan. And the plan was just to go hard at the end of the year. And this is what I'm doing. So, um, I'm going to catch my breath. I'm going to come back strong at 23, stronger than ever. 
and just end the, my first year doing Flint Field to the best of my ability and just continue to build and continue to create and continue to tell stories. So that's ultimately what I wanted to do. Mic drop. <laughs> I, I love it. And, uh, and I love you and your family and uh, what you guys are doing. Thank you, man. Love you too, bro. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Oh yeah. Shout out to East End. Shout out to Coral Sword. Shout, shout out to, to Coral Phil. Sword. Thanks. Shout out to saying shout out a lot in this episode.